And Steve's like, you think Paul Blart Mall Cop is going to come down I'm here? not Paul Blart Mall <laughs> no. Cop! And, like, show up and save the day? I don't think so. You know what? Maybe so. Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, what do you get from 7-Eleven? I love gobstoppers. Oh, God. Recently, within <laughs> the past few months, I broke my tooth on a mini egg, <laughs> and ever since then, I've been afraid to eat gobstoppers, which is really upsetting because um, they are like, you know, you know. Ha- do you guys have this problem? Feel free to say absolutely I not. have some problems. Personally, but... No, I just mean oh. that, like, as I get older, I get less and less interested in, like, chocolate, and I want, mm. like, I want 100%. something sweet, but, like, not rich. Yeah. yeah. And I so don't, gobstoppers, I've never liked rich stuff. Yeah, and so gobstoppers are that. Like, I'm, like, just, I really love gobstoppers, and um, I haven't had one in a while because I'm afraid that they are rotting my teeth, which they probably are, probably, yeah. but I'm 26 years old, and, like, maybe that can be my problem when I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah. But not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that, really You know whose problem that is? Future you. Yeah. Bro, that happened to me when I was 20 with Junior Mints. Yeah. It's so sad. So, Gobstoppers is usually my thing, and then for drinks, I always find that it's, like, a better deal to just, like, get, um, like, fountain drinks from oh, you the get actual- so much Yeah, because you get way more for, like, less money. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. at the Circle K near my house back in Alberta, um, those are called Polar Pops. Okay. But at 7-Eleven, I, I just got Circle one. Circle K in years. Yeah. They're like only Circle K's in Red Deer right now. Like all of the Max stores are gone. It's only Circle K. Oh my now. god, what happened to the Max? They all became Circle K's. Oh, alright. Yeah. Anyway, at 7-Eleven, I was there recently to get a Polar Pop, and I was like, ha, it's not called a Polar Pop here. Called a Big That's Gulp. A big Gulp, bitch. Big Gulp. So I got myself a double gulp. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she for, was thirsty. For less money than it would have cost me to get just a bottle of iced tea, and I don't regret it. I have a super important question for you. Was it as crisp as a McDonald's iced tea? Nothing is as crisp as a McDonald's that, iced tea. Yeah, that's Correct. what I figured. I don't know. I, like, so I know. I'd say I don't know what they do, but I do know what they do. And yeah, it just hits different. Yeah. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old writer and artist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, my go-to at 7-Eleven when I was like, when I was a teenager, because what I would walk with my friends, all three of us lived in like a little triangle, like two minutes from each other. So I would meet up with my two dude friends because at some point I hung out with men. I'm sorry. And I don't like either of them. (laughs) And uh, we would walk to the 7-Eleven by our house and I would always get five cent candies and a Slurpee. Good. The five cent candies. What's the best? Do they still do that? I don't. I mean, definitely not in COVID times. But I haven't seen them there in a long time. The best five cent candy, and I know this is a controversial opinion, it's the Coke bottles, but not the Coke bottles. It's the ones that are pink and white. And they taste like cream soda. They're so good. I've never had that. I just, I don't like pops, so this is definitely an unpopular opinion with me. My Mm -hmm. favorite are the, like, little sour watermelons. Oh, no, that's a good choice, too. I also like those spongy strawberry things that aren't really strawberry. You know, it's like, there's the spongy pink ones and then the bananas. My sister liked the bananas. Yeah. I, I like those. Yeah. 
I know most people don't, but I love them. I used to like them, but now if I if I had one now, I'd be like, the texture here is abhorrent. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never said it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get five cent candies? I don't think that that's a thing where I was from, mm-hmm. but that's also possible. It's possible that that's just because I haven't been to a lot of 7-Eleven type situations mm. in my life. I lived in I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I've, like, walked mm-hmm. to a 7-Eleven. Yeah. That's like if oh I God. went into a 7-Eleven or a corner store now in my life, mm-hmm. when I was in middle school, sometimes, like, when it was nice, I would walk home with my friends. Um, probably, like, I want to say, like, an hour-long walk back home, but, like, if it was nice and you got to hang out with your friends while you did it, and so the 7-Eleven was in between my middle school and my house, mm-hmm. and so we would always stop at 7-Eleven, and I would always get, uh, an iced tea, like, a bottled iced yeah. tea, because I had to put it in my bag, and Cheetos, like, a thing of Cheetos, the hard Cheetos, not the of soft course. puff Cheetos, I don't like those, because I you have know. taste. Sorry. Um, and I would eat them within 10 minutes, uh, and then they would be gone. That's, like, Respect. so wild to me, because, like, we would, this is a very old-fashioned sentence, we would hop on MSN Messenger, <laughs> and all we would send into our group was seven, question mark, and that meant meet outside my house in five minutes so that we could watch seven yeah. <laughs> Uh The key factor here in my perspective on this situation is that I, there was nowhere I could walk to as a child that mm-hmm. wasn't the local pool, church, or a farm. Mm. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you just didn't live in a city. I did I did not. I, yeah. live, I lived 20 minutes outside of the closest small city. Right. Now, what do you live above now? A McDonald's. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> and a Safeway, and a, two Starbucks, and a London Drugs. Yep. And our nail place. <laughs> yeah. On a gay street. I can walk to everything I will ever need. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you guys have, yeah. have, have all the information, knowing that we live in Vancouver, you have all the information oh, to, no! to figure out where we live. <laughs> No, also, honestly, that uh, that describes at least three different locations. Because mm. other gen lives above this same configuration. <laughs> but on Gay Street, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, who are you? Yeah, who I was like, you guys don't know who I am yet. My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28 year old television critic. You can find my words at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle aged actresses. So true right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, all I talk yeah, about right yeah. now. Uh, I love when I'm on brand. Mm-hmm. There was one like corner store gas station restaurant combo within driving distance that was like Good under ten, under 10 minutes from where I live okay and it was called Phil's yeah. and Phil's makes the best potato wedges that I've, I've ever had in my life I think about them often there's a Phil's in Red Deer too but I'm not sure if it's the same like sort of thing they got potato I doubt wedges. it yeah I think it was named after it's like a breakfast place Phil, some guy oh, okay. named Phil yeah they have other food and stuff too, but I would always go and I would get a pack of 12 potato edges and two cups of ranch because <laughs> I know what I'm about. And yeah. that it's like homemade ranch. Nice. So it's like. What the hell is homemade ranch? Make it with like dill. Like buttermilk and dill and Whoa. like This bitch did not know what was in ranch. Bro, I have no idea what's in ranch. Where do you like? <laughs> I just harvest ranch from the vine. I was pisses me off is I was about to make that joke and then you seriously answered my question and I'm so mad about it. <laughs> I would get that and I would get I would get a Slurpee and I would get a Mountain Dew. Free range organic ranch. Oh yeah. and I would get a two Brittany, pack of Reese's. 
Brittany, just go to the farmer's market, get yourself some ranch seeds, and grow your own ranch. I hate y'all. Yeah, I'll, I'll set up a little garden outside for you if you want to grow some ranch, baby. Sounds great. Today we have words to say about episode 305 of Stranger Things, The Flayed. This episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one, two, and three of Stranger Things. At this point, there's only three episodes left of, <laughs> of that, so... Like, uh, duh. Yeah. So, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Um, uh, alright, we split this episode into three storylines, um, the Scoops Ahoy storyline, the Jopper storyline, and the kids storyline, including Jancy. I was saying to them last night when we were rewatching the episode, how it's kind of funny on our, on our other podcasts, um, if we have to do our summaries, we'll kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'll do this one, maybe I'll do this one, and we kind of like rotate depending on like which storyline we feel like doing, but in this one, we have a niche and we stick to it. Yeah. And that niche is Robin and I pick our faves and Brittany gets the kids. <laughs> yeah. I basically just take whatever they don't want, but I'm uh, the most, uh, I do the least amount of work. Mm. So I think that's fair. Yeah. It's it's an even trade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Even though sometimes I get stuck with Jancy. Yeah. I've been taking Jancy whenever I possibly can, it's but true. at this point Jancy is looped in with the kids and you take the it kids. It makes them so. more tolerable. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jancy is always better uh, when they're with other people. Mm-hmm. When they're in their own solo storyline, I'm like, I'm gonna go to sleep now. For sure. Like, <laughs> I, I like Jancy in the last, like, two episodes of every season because they're always, like, with everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> I have a weird hate with Jonathan. I hate Jonathan, so. <laughs> I bet I've heard that you say that every single episode. I know, but I feel bad, because if this someone's, like, tuning in, they're like, I love Jonathan, and I'm like, I hate Jonathan! I will try not to be a dick, but I might be a dick. I'm sorry. That's alright. So we're gonna start with the Scoops Ahoy storyline, and <laughs> I don't even have to tell you who did that summary. Oh, what? <laughs> alright. Scoops of what? Who the hell are you now? Okay, so everyone's panicking in the elevator. It finally crashes to a stop, and as Steve yells, Robin explains that the buttons won't work because they don't have a key card. Erica says that her mom's going to be really mad at them, but they're not really worried about that because they feel like they're probably going to die here. (laughs) (laughs) They try and climb out the top of the elevator, but there's nowhere to go but up and no way to get up there. In the morning, Dustin tries to call for help, but it's no use. Erica tries to open the green liquid to drink it, but that's obviously a bad idea. Robin hears some people coming, so they hide on top of the elevator. After the guys collect the boxes, Steve holds the door open with the green liquid. Everyone slides under and gets out and the bottle breaks, revealing that the green liquid is some sort of acid. They walk for a really long time and speculate about what's going on down here. Steve and Dustin wonder privately if this is connected to the Upside Down. They hear the rushing code again on the radio and are going to try and find where the signal is coming from. They finally get to the hub, but there are way too many people. They miraculously get to the comms room, but there's someone in there. Robin tries to trick him by speaking Russian, but it doesn't work. So Steve attacks and finally wins a fight. They look look through the room and see the giant machine that's opening the gate back up. Good. Good. Erica, do you want to talk about how you wanted to drink acid? (laughs) She's like, well, if it's a liquid, and I'm like, uh, it's corrosive. Erica and her acid is me trying to get my hands on Mountain Dew Zero for the last year. That's correct. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, It's the same color and everything. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay, so first of all, everyone's just, um, like, screaming and falling, and they're, like, pressing the buttons and everything, and they're like, oh my god, it stopped because we pressed the buttons, and it's like, no, because you got to the bottom, like, this yeah. is the end. You've done it, you've reached the bottom. However, I do have to say, like, elevators shouldn't fall like that. <laughs> you know, like, especially oh, yeah. if this is, like, what it's supposed to like, do. Like, if you're like, on your way to that floor intentionally, why is it, why so fast? I just come. I just came up with the answer. Oh, there aren't usually people in there. 
So it doesn't matter. It's just just a speed freight situation. I have no idea how people actually do get down there, like how they're meant to get down there. I feel like... Separate elevator. How do Jopper and Murray get down there? Do they take that same elevator? I think it's the same one. Okay. Well, Well, here goes that theory. Well, no, I mean, our heroes are sneaking in. That's the only way that they know how to get in there. I just want, like, so my guess is that... um, Stairwell. Sure, yeah, just stairs. (laughs) Can you imagine taking the stairs down there? I would prefer not to. Yeah. So I imagine that people usually just put the boxes in there, the boxes go down, and then they take them out, and then no one, no people are actually usually in that elevator. That's my guess. And they're like, I'll never see them again. One of my next notes was like, oh, elevators shouldn't fall like that. Like, I know it's the 80s and everything, but like, even if they break, because I watched this whole thing about the, um, about the Tower of Terror in Disney, and yeah, yeah. like, even if they break or they lose power or something, there's like so many different- Backup systems. Like, backup systems mm-hmm. to make sure that it doesn't fall like that, and so I was like, it's weird- I mean, I know it's the 80s, but, like, it's weird that, that it would fall like that because, like, it's, even if it breaks and stuff, it's not, like, elevators are not supposed to fall like that. Yeah. But I think I answered my own question in the way that people aren't actually supposed to be in there. Um, okay, yeah, so then a box falls on Steve and it's great. Um, <laughs> Listen, he's delicate. My favorite <laughs> thing is when he gets, like, so overwhelmed that he just starts screaming and I, right? I think it's very funny. <laughs> he literally, if, if something messes up his hair, yelling. Yeah. Robin is Steve. I just relate yes. to him, which is why, like, I'm a Slytherin, and I'm very selfish, and, you know, I'm one of the, I, I, I think we all have moments where we're like, I'm trash, but then you also have moments where you're like, I think I might be the greatest human that's ever walked. <laughs> yes! I vacillate wildly between that and death. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, am I a simp for Steve? Yeah, but it's because he's kind of like me, and that's why I like yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Because I think I'm really cool. <laughs> um, so Robin points out that buttons don't work unless you have the key card. Um, Erica says, I'm supposed to be at Tina's, and that's fine because Tina always covers for me. And I'm like, how often does Tina cover? <laughs> yeah, like, what do you, as like a 10-year-old, get up to? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, well, I need to be at Uncle Jack's party tomorrow, and I'm going to be really, really in trouble, and you guys are all going to be in trouble if I don't make it there. And okay. she's like, I'm not really worried about your mom attacking me right now because we're all going to die here. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, yeah, he's valid for that. It's like, I'm not afraid of your mom, I'm afraid of death by Russians. <laughs> it fully makes sense that Erica would be like, these are my stakes right now. Because so, you know? <laughs> she's, su- oh, she's such a kid. And yeah. like, she wasn't involved in the mm. previous stakes. Oh yeah, yeah she doesn't exactly. know that they're going to be monsters. Yeah. So they climb out through the top and they're like, okay, but they're like, there still is no way to get out of here. Um, because... People aren't usually supposed to be in the elevator. So there's no convenient ladder. Yeah, and there's no, like, button, like, a no open button because they usually open it from the outside in both senses. Yeah. She's right. You are, you are cracking this. So in the morning, Dustin calls for, like, a code red. He's like, hello, we are innocent children and we are trapped. Russians have infiltrated Hawkins and we are in trouble. We are innocent children. <laughs> Please, kids, kids, precious kids. Steve's straight up 18 years old. He's a children, apparently. <laughs> He's a children. A child. Steve says not to drain the battery, and uh, Dustin's like, well, the mall just opened, like, so that means that they've been there all night, um, and so maybe we can get somebody to come down here and save us. And Steve's like, you think Paul Blart Mall Cop is gonna come down <laughs> I'm here? i Paul Blart Mall Cop! No. And, like, show up and save the day? I don't think so. You know what? Maybe so. I just think that irritable, sleep-deprived, sarcastic Steve is the best. Okay, you didn't even need the middle part. Which part? I just think that Steve is the best. Oh, okay. (laughs) you as a person. 
That's true. I do. And so Dustin's like, well, why are you upset when you got to hang out with Robin all night? And I'm like, dude, you cannot say these things, but she's right there. Like, she also, like, no he game. doesn't even, yeah. like, no game. He also doesn't even, like, consider her a crush yet at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, if it's anything, it's just, like, searing into the back of his brain right now. Like, it's because, still nothing. Because Dustin's like, you should care about her. Yeah, she's exactly. Really he's, cool. like, he's like, oh, shit. Oh crap! Should I should I be thinking? Hmm. Steve's like, well, I oh, I mean, that's I guess. Really, I mean, like, I am really lonely. He's a girl. <laughs> that should make sense. He's like, I am really freaking lonely right now. Well, Don't this have a is lot an of option. Like. Dustin's like Avril Lavigne at the yeah. beginning of Skater Boy. No. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make it any more obvious? But I'm like, dude, you cannot say these things when she's right there. Right. I, le- I mean, he learned his tact skills from the best. It's true. Also, Steve. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, and you were talking all night, and he's like, yeah, about getting out of here. Yeah, out of the life or death situation that we're in. Listen, dude, we are going to have those cute little heart-to-hearts. I promise. It's just not happening right now. (laughs) And they're like, well, at at what point, I can't remember if they said this or if I made this note. Okay. But, like, they maybe say, like, at what point do the Russians notice that their, like, little special room is gone? Like, up at the top, like, where's the room or whatever? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they said that... It's because it's supposed to be down here. I feel like it's a scheduled move. Yeah. I don't think anything that they did made the elevator move. I think it was a scheduled move as to when that was supposed to happen every night. Yeah. I agree because uh, the guys come and, like, pick it up as soon as the door opens. Exactly. They're, like, loading the stuff on. Yeah. Um, So then Steve pees on the top of the elevator because where else is he supposed to pee? (laughs) I would... what, What did the girls do? I'm like, inside the room probably is where you should pee so that it doesn't... Like, leak down the walls. I mean, you'd think, but I don't think the boy has a brain. Yeah. But, I mean, you'd... I think the goal when he was up there, though, was to pee, like, over the wall mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the thing that he's on. But the, it's just more wall. Yeah. So... He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Physics. Yeah. So, Erica tries to break the bottle of the green stuff. <laughs> Erica. She's like, it could be useful because, like, we don't need food for a while, but we do need water. And Robin's like, it's not water. That's just so- <laughs> Water is not fluorescent green. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> One of the notes that I made weeks ago when I actually wrote these notes was that Robin is wearing a black ring on her middle finger. Mm-hmm. I know that she's a lesbian, and this probably wasn't even a thing yet, but wearing a black ring on your middle finger is a, like, a sign of... Um, like, asexuality. Oh! It's like, yeah, it's, like, a thing that you do to, like, let other ace people know that you're ace. That's I cute. I did not know y'all did that. Yeah. When are you doing that? I don't, I'm not a ring person. Oh, but it'd be so cute if you were. Buy me a ring. Okay. You could get a tattoo. That's true. <gasps> Love that. Not real. I don't know about hand tattoos for me. Mm. I want hand tattoos for me. I know. <laughs> I want hand tattoos so bad, guys. Meanwhile, I'm a ring person. <laughs> I want rings. I want hand tattoos. I want my hands to be adorned. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got for you. And, like, I'm pretty sure that super wasn't a thing until, like, the past, like, 15, 10 years. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Probably. But, like, yeah. uh, I just noticed that and I was like... Listen, was that a thing back in the 80s when this is set? No. But was it a thing when it was, like, conceptualized and being filmed? Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm just saying. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Like, I know that she's not. She's literally a lesbian, and that's canon, but I just want to point that out. Um, Ace lesbians do exist, though. I don't think Robin is an ace lesbian, personally. No. But. I thought you were talking about me! (laughs) I was like, no. The character that we're referring to is also named Robin. 
Robin, we're both ace. <laughs> and you're both not lesbians. No, no she's no, a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Yeah. yeah. Let's scrap the whole thing. <laughs> and by that, I mean my brain. Mm, thanks. <laughs> Basically, you can be a lesbian, which means that you are a woman attracted, attracted to, women. To, to women, and also be ace. Because there are lots of different types of attraction. Yes. yes. Basically. That's literally it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they hear people coming, the door opens, and the men smell Steve's pee. <laughs> Ew. And I'm like... That's so but, gross. But the other dude can't smell it, and I'm like, it's because he's got a cigarette in his mouth. Yep. Because that's oh. all he can smell. So they're all on the top of the elevator, and it, yeah, so like I said earlier, it seems that they just simply got in at the exact time that it's scheduled to go down every day. That's bad luck for them, I think. Right. Um, and then people come and get stuff every morning, so, like, nothing is out of the ordinary for anybody. They have okay. no way of knowing that anything weird happened. I'm other than the fact that it smelled like pee. We've worked out the logistics of this uh, elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they leave. Steve puts the green stuff under the door before the door closes, and he gets them all out. Um, and then the green thing breaks, and it's, like, acid. Honestly, that was a really smart move for an idiot. Mm-hmm. Because, like... He's smart, but he's also a moron. Yeah, I'm really he's proud a, of him. He's a huge himbo for sure. Huge himbo. Yeah. It's impressive though that they all get under the door with like a foot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, I know personally, my dump truck booty would have prevented me from right. making it out. Yeah, brag about it. Yeah, <laughs> you also have a dump truck ass. Yeah, but I didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I let someone else do it. Sorry, I got a really, uh, I got a compliment from a stranger today, and it, I just, I'm still living on that high. <laughs> you know what you should. Thank you. Yeah. Don't, um, compliment people's butts unless you have, like, a rapport. This is just for, for listeners. Oh, yeah. Don't do that unless you're, Especially like, if you're men, just yeah. don't. But this was a nice, uh, woman that I was chatting with, uh, at the bike exchange. Yeah. With her friends. Exchange. Um, I was just thinking that like Steve is the type of person who, um, since this show is about D and D, I feel like I can make a D and D reference. Um, but I feel like Steve's the type of person who has like a really, really low intelligence, but has like a really high wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, he absolutely is. So me, sure, yeah. I guess I, I'm like mostly thinking about that because I was talking about Jack from Lost with one of my friends yesterday, yeah. and I was saying that Jack is the type of character who has like a really high intelligence but a really low wisdom, mm-hmm. and so like the you know intelligence and wisdom are such similar words, but they truly do they, mean yeah. so much different, and you can see that in like these two characters because Jack and Steve are so different. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so on IMDb, it said, The green substance that the group finds in the hidden facility beneath the mall bears a striking resemblance to the ooze that created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the comics from oh. the 80s, both in appearance and that it is kept in a container that looks very similar to the container the ooze was stored in. Uh, kind of obsessed with that. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they, there's just this long-ass hallway, and you know what? No hesitation. Steve just starts walking. He's Steve's like, well, like, you know what? Like, well, uh... Can't go back. Don't see anywhere else to go. The door is closed. So what are we going to do? Just stand here? No. Me just standing there crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're walking. Dustin is impressed with the engineering. Um, Steve says that it is a fire hazard because there are no exits. Um, And then Erica understands capitalism some more and and talks about how, um, you know, they'll cut corners on the fire code if, like, they're not getting paid properly, basically. She is totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Robin points out that this whole thing was meant for driving, not walking. So that's also part of it. That's me playing video games. Mm -hmm. At one point, I started down, like, this massive 
massive hallway. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why am I walking so far? Where is my vehicle? Why, I should be why, I, I should vehicle? be in the Mako. Why am I walking this? Yeah. Oh god, why? And then I had to like reload the game before I got started walking down the hall. It reminds me of like uh I you know, when you play those those games where um they're mostly just like a lot of traveling and stuff. So mm-hmm. the two two games that I play the most are like Harvest Moon type game where you're like making a farm and everything and like you just kind of like travel around the little town like collecting things. It's kind of like Stardew Valley I guess but um, more nostalgic for me because that's the game that I played as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like the Pokemon games which I played as a kid and now also. Oh my god walking in Pokemon is like I I have been pressing this arrow for ages. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that like you you know whenever I'm playing Harvest Moon I always immediately go into the options to, to choose like that like the default is running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's what I was what what I'm what I was gonna say is just that like if you have to like hold down a different button to run, what am I here for? Right. So true, bestie. <laughs> Why is it taking so long? <laughs> so they're like, oh, did the was the whole mall built for this? Like it can't be, right? No, it was. It totally was. Yeah. And then they talk about how the green stuff is worse than poison, and talk about some nerd thing that Robin knows exactly what Dustin's talking about. Which I think is adorable. And then Erica is totally grossed out by how lame they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, Erica, I don't think you understand this, but like, maybe you're not a nerd in the way that you think nerds are because they're like, there's a difference between nerd and geek, I feel like. Yeah. Nerd is when you're nerdy about like pop culture and like things and like nerdy things. And you're just you know? really passionate about the stuff that mm-hmm. you like. But a geek is somebody who's really smart about like school things and like things that you learn in school and like knows. See, lo- I think those are opposite definitions. I think a nerd is good at like math and science and stuff like that, and a geek likes pop culture. I okay. I picture a geek like. A geek, to me, is... Nerd has been reclaimed yeah. to be the thing that Robin uh, described it as. Whereas, oh, well, then that makes sense why we have different definitions. Whereas geek is, to me, more like um, those assholes on the Big Bang Theory. <gasps> Ew! I just feel like, uh, I guess my my first my first thought when hearing the word nerd is, like, nerd fighter, which is a thing about, like, oh. John and Hank Green created, and that's, like, I guess it's kind of, like, all-encapsulating. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is that, Erica, you are also a huge nerd, but about different things. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I think I think that comes up later in the next few episodes, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. About how, like, she keeps saying all these super, super smart things, and I'm like, who do you think you are? She <laughs> You're starts, kind of a huge nerd here, kid. She then also starts talking about, like, I think My Little Pony, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Dustin's like, hang on. Yeah, excuse me. Hold on a minute. You're just a nerd for something else. Yeah, but she's like, ew, you guys are so nerdy, it's so... Stupid, you make me ill. It's gross. And Steve's like, hey, I didn't know that, so does that mean I'm cool? No. And no, like, no, it just no. means you're dumb. <laughs> please. It means you hang out with nerds. Yeah. And he's like, wait, please, no. And I'm like, yeah, because this 10 year old's gonna mess up your reputation, Steve. Come oh on. Oh my man. god. So then they talk about Prometheum versus Prometheus, which is from Greek mythology. Um, it's used to make or power something. And they're like, oh, why would they build it here of all places? And Steve and Dustin are like, So they wonder if it has something to do with the Upside Down, which it totally does. The radio goes and they can hear the Russian transmission, but it's just the code again. And I'm like, why does it need to keep being broadcasted if the people who need to know the code already know the code? Right. I never thought about that. You know, and like, if anybody needs to know the code, the people who already know the code can just tell you. Yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't probably be that broadcast because 
some Feeble freaking idiots are going to figure it yeah, out. Some little kids are going to like translate it and figure it out. But they figure out that the signal is close and it can clearly reach the surface, so there is some hope. So they get to like the sort of like hub of it all. They have a bunch of like different kinds of vehicles there. Um, they almost get caught, but they're okay. Um, and they're like, oh, yikes, there is a ridiculous amount of people here. So that's terrifying. Erica somehow within like milliseconds saw which room was the comms room. Mm -hmm. And they don't know for sure that it is the right room, but it sure is better than nothing, which is just standing there. Yeah. Such a smart cookie. Mm -hmm. On IMDb, it had the fun fact that Robin, who is played by Maya Hawk, has the line, I'll take those odds. And this is the same as one of her dad's lines, who's Ethan Hawk in Gattaca from 1990. Oh. I like that. I think it is straight up impossible, unrealistic, that they are not seen by anybody getting into this room. Um, <laughs> correct. Right? Yeah, I'm like, do y'all not have cameras? Yeah. And they're like, oh, phew, and they make it in there, but there is somebody in there. Um, and Robin starts speaking to him in Russian, but she can only use words from the code that she learned. Is that why she says that kind of thing? Yeah, because it's, okay. it's, it's from the code. But... When we watched it for the first time, this was the scene that made Britney think that Robin was a Russian spy. It's true. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Britney was like, oh, she... She's saying the code words. She's saying... Or she's saying the code words, but, like, also, um, she, you know, likes Steve and Erica and Dustin and, like, wants to stop him from attacking them. Uh-huh. And so, like, she's gonna be like, no, 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 stop. Like, they're okay. Like, like... <gasps> that would have been a sick twist. Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I feel like Britney was like... <gasps> In the moment. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was like, I was like so sure. And then we're, um, I think I texted Sam and Sam said, no, she has another secret. And I was like, well, what, what is it? <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I had binge watched it. Like I had gotten started earlier than you guys. Mm -hmm. Cause I was still on the East coast, uh, when season three dropped. And, uh, so I was like a few episodes ahead of you. And uh, me sitting there, she's a lesbian. Yeah. I think at some point I was like, are there gay people in this season? And you were like, yes! Maybe so. <laughs> are there gay people? Are there general? gay people? I don't know. I've never met one. Um, Hi. <laughs> Hi! Nice to meet you. Hi! <laughs> but either way, it, it stops working. Um, like, she's got, she stops him for a second and he's like, huh? But Steve rushes in because it stops working. And I'm like, bro, why are you yelling? Why you gotta yell? You could get away with it if you weren't yelling. And literally, <laughs> other people are going to hear you yelling. Yeah. So he does it, and he finally wins a fight. And you know what? This time it was against an adult, so that's even an ego booster. Honestly, impressive. Yeah. However, I do think it's funny that, like, it was clearly against this man who was just, like, a computer nerd, you know? Who <laughs> wasn't supposed to be fighting anybody, was just supposed to be doing, like, some math or something. I don't know. Please, let him have his win. He's a nerd who had no idea that he was supposed to be doing this today. He, he was just there to punch the numbers. Uh, on IMDb, it said that the fight between Steve and the Russian soldier... Joe Keery did his own fighting stunts. Wait, really? Oh, right. Wow. Handsome and talented. How does he get away with oh it? Oh, my God. <laughs> so Dustin takes a key card so that they can get out. They don't necessarily want to get out right. I mean, that is the goal, I guess, is to get out. But, mm -hmm. like, at right in this moment, they don't need to get out. But, like, eventually they do have this key yeah. card now. Mm -hmm. Erica says that they should get the radio. Or, like, what was the point? Um, Robin finds the machine room. And they just, like... <laughs> plaster themselves to the windows and I'm like bro there's you are like, so obvious like <laughs> do you think that those are one way yeah <laughs> there's no way they're not seen because there are people in that room too like they're all idiots yeah 
Um, and then it's clear that the thing is, like, opening the gate again. But you know what I love? Mm. How stupid they all are sometimes. Because yeah. it's just, like, it's just kids on an adventure. They would not think of these things. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Scoops Ahoy storyline. Um, before we move on to Jopper, which is next, we're going to do everyone's favorite segment, Uh, Actually? Uh, Actually? <laughs> so I've only got four Uh, Actuallys for you today. What but I hope you enjoy. Fine. Hey, in certain episodes I had none, so please enjoy. So true. Uh, actually, the candy poured out of the brown plain M&M bag appear to be Skittles. The candies are too fat for plain M&Ms, and the colors match those of Skittles and not era-appropriate M&Ms. Wait, why did they do that? Maybe because Skittles don't melt? Probably Mm. that. That, yes, absolutely. I'm smart sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually, when Mike pours some of his M&Ms, everyone's really, really caught up in this M&Ms thing. When Mike pours some of his M&Ms into Elle's hand, you can see one of the M&Ms is red. However, red M&Ms were discontinued between 1976 and 1987 due to concerns that some red dyes were a health risk. Actually, that's correct. Red dyes are a health risk, and the fact that the FDA allows them scares the crap out of me, Mm. because certain red dyes can, like, make you very sick or give you cancer. And we just let, we just put them in everything. Mm-hmm. I learned that while writing an article the other day. I have a lot of useless knowledge. Uh, actually, when Murray opens the door and points the shotgun at Joyce and Hopper, it makes a sliding cock sound. This is a fixed single shot double barrel weapon. It has no slide or cocking feature at all. Designed for duck hunting, it wouldn't make a sound. Huh. Okay. Sure. Those are a lot of words. A sliding cock <laughs> Everything's fine. I didn't write this. I, no, I know you didn't. didn't. That's what I'm laughing It's just at. weird to hear you say it. <laughs> no, for me, it was that someone took that so seriously. They were like, actually, it wouldn't make a sliding cock sound. I'm like, do you hear yourself? I'm like, what sound did it even make? Because I can't remember. It made a cock sound. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, we're five. Uh, actually, I'm 27. <laughs> Jail. I'm not even 27. Uh, all right. Uh, actually, when Hopper commandeers the car at the gas station, the fuel nozzle is the vapor recovery type. Vapor recovery nozzles weren't in use in the U.S. at that time, except for in California. Shut up! (laughs) Some of these are so nitpicky, I want to go and bully the person who picked it. It's like, you are the kind of person I would argue with on the internet. Shut up! Okay, so now we're gonna do Jopper, and (laughs) who does the summary for that one? I don't know. I have no idea. It could be anybody. (laughs) And how would we know? Who's gonna know? No one's gonna know. It's me! (laughs) Alright, Joyce and Hopper roll up to Hess Farm to check it off their sus locations list and see that somebody's already there. They walk into the abandoned farmhouse where a single light pulses ominously and a low hum lures them into the basement beneath a trapdoor bed. This part of the of their storyline seems so different from the rest of the their storyline yeah. this episode that like I forgot it was part of this episode. <laughs> I genuinely was like, what is she talking about? I was like, I was looking at my notes and I was like, why is this so long? <laughs> uh, their most motorcycle frenemy Gregory Frenemy <laughs> is close behind and he whips into the farm as they descend into the basement. They roll up on Alexi and some other random guy that we immediately forget about because I think he dies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> both of whom only speak Russian. As they comically yell at each other in different languages, the footsteps of our meathead on the bike uh, from upstairs echoed down through the basement. Hopper lures him down by taking Alexi and the other guy hostage. Hopper then holds a gun to the back of his head and threatens to kill him, but the guy's like, bet. And Hopper's like, done. And he pulls the trigger, but somehow the guy, like, gets away. But of course he pulls the trigger because he's got to protect Joyce. Also, he's a bad cop. (laughs) Hopper drops his gun, and Joyce gets it off the floor as Hopper and Grigori fight, uh, spraying machine gun fire around the room, because that's what 
uh, Grigori brought to this situation. They get away and somehow they take Alexi with them. Somewhere in the woods, Hopper's car has broken down and he tries to fix it while Joyce uh, tries to break the language barrier with Alexi and figure out what is happening with her damn magnets. She and Hopper bicker about starting the car and whether she's figured out any new information. While they argue, Alexi hears an electrical hissing coming from the car and makes a commotion for them both to stop. The engine ignites with barely enough time for Joyce to get out of the car before it explodes. They walk through the woods and Joyce asks Hopper about his acquaintance that they're going to see. She asks if Hopper's plan is that they walk to Illinois. They continue to bicker as Hopper works on a new plan for how to get out of there. Back at the car, Grigori rolls up a few hours later and tracks their footsteps away from it. Joyce tells Hopper that he stinks and then <laughs> then they begin to bicker again about their missed date and then when Alexi just takes off. Don't worry, he's not running away. He's just running to 7-Eleven. They fill up on snacks, new Coke, and a cherry icy for Alexi before commandeering a stranger's car to transport their dangerous criminal. Sorry, Todd. Oh, Todd. Todd, Todd you do not try hard enough to keep your car. I cannot believe this. <laughs> Victim blaming <laughs> Todd. I'm going to. They arrive at Murray's place and identify themselves via the camera because Murray is a nut. He opens the door with a shotgun and the reason why we came here. He speaks Russian. He runs a metal detector over Alexi and Hopper's like, yo, can we hurry up? And Joyce is like, bruh, this guy is whacked. Murray tells them to break up their lover's quarrel and Joyce loses it. She goes off on Murray about how he's going to do exactly what she wants and get them the information they need from the, um, Alexi. And he's like, damn, ma, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's like, it. That's the story. Cut me down as scared and horny. <laughs> Murray would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it starts with Hopper and Joyce driving around into the night together because that's what romance is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like in driving in silence, and I'm like, y'all want to play some music? Y'all want to talk? <laughs> like, y'all want to soundtrack? Yeah. Just driving in silence. So they get to Hess Farm. Someone's there. They go in. Hopper's got his gun out, and there's like cigarettes on the couch. Still hot? Question mark. Oh, maybe? I never thought of that. Maybe. There's a light pulsing, which usually means upside down stuff, um, and you also like hear these pulsing sounds coming from underneath. So they head under. Motorcycle man arrives. I, I don't su- like this man. I mean, either. I think he needs a different hobby. I suppose that since there's so many important things happening under Hess Farm, that they probably have cameras or something so that they know that Joyce and Hopper are there. 100%. I think that's how Grigori shows up, is because he knows that they're like there, slash like on their way there. Yeah. Yeah. So they hear people speaking in Russian, and hello, Alexi. It is crazy to me that he is only important in the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, because he feels so important. He feels yeah. so important, and, like, doesn't he die in, like, episode, in, like, the second last episode, so he's not even in the last episode? Yeah, yeah. Alexi was kind of like a barb. People got, like, super mm. attached, and, like, he was barely there. Yeah. So, yeah, Hopper tells them to put their hands up, but they don't speak English, and I'm like, okay, it's okay that you don't speak English, but do you speak someone's holding a gun at you? Right. you like, yes? Put your hands up. <laughs> That's what you do when someone's holding a gun at you. Unfortunately, I can't find translations for what he's saying. Yeah. On Lostpedia for our Lost podcast, there's usually translations for the Rus- Russian recently and, like, Korean almost always, but... Uh, I have not found any translations for the Russian. If anyone's Russian and listening to this, would love to know what they're saying. Yeah. On IMDb it said, Dialogue spoken before the Hopper slash Russian fight scene is nearly a direct quote from the fight scene between John McClane and Tony in Die Hard. Oh. Interesting. Uh, Tony I've is only the seen first... Die Hard once. 
Yeah. It says Tony is the first of Gruber's terrorists that McLean kills. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so they hear someone walking above. He comes down and the mechanic guy is gagged. Hopper surprises him with the gun and turns out Grigori speaks English. On IMGb it said when Grigori storms the farmhouse, his mechanical gait, clenched jaw, spiky haircut, emotionless European accented voice, and overall robotic motions like when hip firing his AK-47 at a fleeing vehicle are all highly suggestive of the menacing cyborg mannerisms of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator! I was just about to say Terminator! So much Terminator energy. Even the clanky synth music that swells at the end of this scene is similar. And of course that is deeply, deeply purposeful. Yeah. Especially when Klein, I think last episode, called him Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah! Yeah. It's well, I love how referential Stranger Things is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so sweet. Um, so Joyce is hiding with Alexi, who is handcuffed. Hopper threatens to kill Grigori, and Grigori's like, mm, you're not going to do that, because you're a policeman, and policemen have rules. Well, <laughs> we were all just like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Mm, I think we all know what points that we are trying to make yeah. with that statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, Hopper doesn't care about anything. No. <laughs> it's true. He cares so little for he, rules. He cares about one thing, and it's Joyce. Joyce. Yeah. And, like, in Hopper's not a very good cop. When, <laughs> I, say, <laughs> when I say ACAB, I include Hopper. But also, I appreciate him shooting this guy in the head to protect, protect Joyce. Like, this guy nearly beat him within an inch of his life. Yeah. I understand why he pulled the trigger. Yeah. There's a, dif- there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. He's not a very good cop, but he's good at what he does for, like, the upside down and everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, he's a good... I wouldn't even call him a detective, but he's a pretty good, like investigator slash just like muscle man to the point where he's like you know he's like he's the muscle and he's gonna like punch his way through it yeah yeah, you know? yeah i see that my next note was just that i think the the lighting is really cool in this scene hopper actually does pull the trigger um but gregory gets out of the way and then they fight again um this is just a fight scene basically uh but that's just like so many bullets and I'm like, there are more people in this room. Oh, yeah. Uh, be careful. There definitely are. So Joyce grabs Hopper's gun. On IMDb, it said, after Gregorius finished shooting at Hopper, Joyce and Alexi, the framing and pose are a direct imitation of the box for the Terminator. So that's another Terminator thing. Okay. Um, uh, he gets hit with a wrench or something like that. Um, yeah, Hop- Joyce gets Hopper's gun back to him, but she misses, and now he has it. Yeah, she misses, so now Grigori has it. Mm. Um, they grab Alexi, they call him Smirnoff, and they run. Of course um, they call him Smirnoff. My next note was that just, like, God, assault rifles are so scary. Yeah. No They're one like, should horrifying. have them. Who needs that? No, no one. No one needs that. It's terrifying. Literally, no one. And if you're thinking of arguing with me, consider this. No. He hits them with so many bullets. Yeah. It's so many bullets. It's unnecessary. And they're like, oh, you think it was the American government? Clearly not, basically. Yeah. So uh, Grigori ended up shooting out their engine, so now they're stranded in the woods. Um, Joyce is trying to explain the magnet thing to Alexi, and he understands what she's saying, but, like, he kind of thinks that she's talking about the car and everything, and it's like, there's a lot of, like, stuff. There's so much miscommunication (laughs) because they're not speaking the same language. Fully. Just, just, Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Just yeeting the keys at her is very funny, though. It's just, like, you know, she's explaining the things about, like, the magnet and everything, and this is, like, this is such small potatoes, though. Like, this is not what we need to be talking about at all. Like, there are so I much mean, more important things. But she's also, like, actually 
making progress. Like for sure, she knows his name now. She like knows. Yeah, what, it's more about the human connection. Yeah, she's making. She's building a relationship with him, which is important for getting the information. Instead of like Hopper just yank, yanking him around mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, Hopper. And, I love Hopper, but he's such a dick. Like. Yeah, I understand why he's frustrated, but he's, like, too mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, too mean to Joyce. Yeah. I think it's just that, like, and I and her, like, asking about, like, the machine and everything, I understand, but, like, she start, she's trying to explain about, like, the magnets falling off of her fridge and everything, which, like, yeah, is, like, more relatable to him because, like, everyone has a fridge, but, like, he might not know, as somebody who's, like, on the inside of this, he might not know that that's, like, one of the, um, one of the side effects of, like, yeah. I I think he would know that it sends out electromagnetic pulses that Mm -hmm. would, like, cause something like that. I think he would, because he knows how the machine works. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could, like, put it together after she says that or whatever, but, like, if she's like, my magnets aren't working, he'd be like, oh, well, that's clearly a side effect of the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hopper tells him to shut up, and she's like, I'm making progress. And, yeah, like I said, it makes total sense that he would be complaining and working on the car, but he's just, like, too mean. Yeah, she's trying to build a connection and talk to him, and this is what he wanted her to do in 301, and now he's all pissed off about it. Like, she's, you know, trying to, like, be nice and, like, build a connection and talk to somebody. Like, like she was trying to teach him how to do this in 301, and now he's all mad about it. Yep. Joyce knows his name now, which is Alexi, and wants Hopper to use it. Like, yes, she's getting, she, but she's getting confirmation for things. Like, yeah, they, they suspected a lot of these things, but now they know it for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They try to get the car working, but it won't. Um, and Alexi tries to stop them because it's not safe, because he knows things about machines. But then smoke and fire starts happening, the car explodes. Alexi basically says the equivalent of, I told you so, <laughs> about it, which is cute. I like Alexi. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best. And he meant, well... I'm, like, preemptively he, sad about him. Oh, yeah. like, even I'm though he was doing evil stuff, he's never done anything wrong. So they start walking to Hopper's friend's house in Illinois, which is just Murray. And Hopper's then Hopper is, like, roughing Alexi up, and Joyce tries to stop him, and he's like, she's like, are we walking to Illinois? And he's like, yeah, is that okay? No. No, we're not walking to Illinois. Well, then what's your plan? They have, a really, they have really good married couple banter. They yes, absolutely they do. Because, like, at no point would either of them be like, well, hey, you were mean to me, and so I'm leaving, and I'm not doing this with you anymore. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, she gives back as good as she gets. Yeah, I think that's also, like, a big, uh, I think that's, like, part of David and Winona's, like, chemistry, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it is why it works so well. It's very and why they why they can have this, like, bickering, like, fighting goofy stuff mm-hmm. in season three um that w- may not have worked with other people yeah yeah because like sometimes i think david plays it a little too aggressive well they also it was, it it's also with, written mean yeah like, they went too far with him but the way that winona responds to it oh yeah sells it better yeah because she, she's just sort of like okay she's like i'm not taking your crap <laughs> exactly and i think like that's probably the key to why it wound up working yeah but if people say like hopper's kind of a dick i'm like yeah he kind yeah. of is mm-hmm. especially in season three which sucks because the first two seasons he had like had so much growth from yeah. like alcoholic mess in season one to like actual kind of a dad in season two mm-hmm. and then like he was on an upward trage- trajectory and then I, they just leaned way too far into um, 1980s dad stereotypes yeah. for season 
three, I'm like, and I'm just leave like, leave that for what's his I'm face, just like, Ted. I'm like, please just trust David with this because he knows what he's doing. He does know what he's. He, no one understands Hopper better than David does. Yeah. Um, and so Hopper's like, well, I'll figure something out, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, without knowing that that Seven Eleven is coming. What How, were you going like, to do about what? it? <laughs> what was your plan? I, I, he didn't have one. He was just, like, trying to think of something. And I'm like, I I have no idea what that what your plan could possibly have been. Being a DILF will only get you so far. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Joyce wants to find somebody in Indiana that speaks Russian. And I'm like, oh, it's prob- probably all the Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you could find them at the mall. There's literally so many Russians. Russians. Yeah. So then they start getting attacked by bugs, and it sort of, like, transitions to Eleven looking for Hopper in the inside out. Um, and it's a really, really cool transition. It's so jarring. Yeah, totally. And they need his help, but he's, like, so far away. They, like, just, they can't have him. It's extremely season. cool, but I definitely, when we were watching it last night, which I don't know if I ever felt this way any other time I've watched it, and I've seen this season a few times. Yeah. But I fully was like, wait, is that something he can see? I don't remember oh my God, him right? talking to Eleven when in the Alexi, Upside Down. When Alexi, like, started dematerializing, I'm yeah. like, what's happening here? And I was like, oh. And it's like, yeah, what weird trip are you on, dude? Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember psychedelic bug bites. <laughs> the editing for this show is phenomenal. It's really good. Whenever I see something like that, it reminds me of, like, the animation of, like, apparating in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. The way they did that was very well done. Yeah. It's so weird that we don't know who wrote Harry Potter, though. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Anonymous. Not a Harry Potter himself. Yeah. <laughs> it was autobiographical. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. Harry just writing fanfiction. That's why we stay in his perspective in most love. of the story. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, He's not a true story. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Gregory has found the abandoned car and he does like some tracking to see like what direction they went in, I guess. And then elsewhere, Hopper is walking too close to Joyce, which she asks him not to because he smells bad. I bet he does. I think that is oh, a I'm sure I believe it. I'm sure he stinks by then. Yeah. That's a big dude who has not showered in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and he, by big and dude, he's been like, like running around like, yeah. and like yeah. fighting people. And bullying Carrie Elwes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he blew up the car because he's not a mechanic, and she's like, well, you should have listened to Alexi. And he's like, oh, right, because he's your new boyfriend. And she's like, yeah, every guy I talk to is my boyfriend now. And I'm like, you know what, Joyce, I'm glad you brought that up, because yeah. if you didn't, I was going to. Exactly. Like, literally, that's the point where I was like, you've gone too far into the stereotype. This is annoying. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's like, why don't you go on a date? How about to Enzo's? Um, and then Alexi goes and just runs. Just Starts He's like, himself. your sexual tension is literally annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I have to leave. You're yeah. so weird. I think it's so funny that Alexi is completely oblivious to this, has no idea this conversation is going on. It must be so confusing to just, like, walk and, like, hear them bickering behind you and just, like, have, have no, no idea what, what they're, they're saying. saying. You're like, oh, I hope they're not talking about me. <laughs> but, she, but she keep, but Joyce keeps saying Alexi, and he's like, well, who's, who knows? Can't win them all. So I guess Alexi, like, heard the road, and so he found the 7-Eleven. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. He's a good boy. So they all go grab some sodas and drink, and I'm like, y'all go for that before water? Could not be me. I would, <laughs> like, it has to be water. I get water and a soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hydrate sure. first. But you gotta start with water. Oh, for sure. Listen, I we're respect, on the same page. We're on I the respect same page. that, but, like, I probably would have gone for a crisp Coke Zero. My thing is that, like, if I get 
like an iced tea or something first, I'm just chugging the iced tea and I'm not appreciating it. Mm, exactly. That's a good point. That's and so I'm point. just chugging it and like ne- and I'm just like wasting my money because I didn't even get to like appreciate it. You know mm. what I mean? Whereas water is like significantly less expensive. It's meant to be chugged. Exactly. And it's so and it's so like. I think exactly realism realism is out the window here for the sake of new Coke placement. Sure. Yeah. 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 It they got a it lot of the monsters. They got a lot yeah. of new Coke props, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not going for water. We're going for new Coke. Yeah. You know what I'm ready for? I'm ready for a new Coke type product. Where is my next innovation in soda? Mm. You I know, s- every day though, I go to the store and there's a different flavor of Coke available. Is there? Yeah, I saw like wild blackberry infused. Oh, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> so Ricky the clerk asks if they're going to pay for them, and they don't answer, and they just burp. It just <laughs> Honestly, me. Same. So they buy a six-pack of new Coke and a map of Illinois. And I'm like, you're not even going to get one water bottle? <laughs> on it, or a snack? Yeah. Are they, they all hungry? No, they, they get snacks. Yeah, they oh, have, like, they? jerky okay. and stuff, Beef too. jerky and, like... Jerky. Oh, yeah, some cigarettes and snacks. And I was... So I had to look up where Illinois was in relation to Indiana because I'm Canadian and I don't know. I'm in but my head, luckily, they're next to each other. But luckily, they're right beside each other. So yes! Yes! And so he's like, what, are you a bounty hunter? And I'm like, oh, and Hop's like, no, I'm an undercover cop. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, Alexi is, like, in handcuffs, so I guess that he's, that tracks. Yeah, he's technically not lying. Yeah, but if you were an undercover cop, you shouldn't be telling people that you're an undercover right. cop. And it's not very undercover of you to just be, like, pulling around your prisoner. No. <laughs> or to say, I'm, I'm an undercover. Yeah. yeah. So he bought, he bought him his Slurpee. <laughs> It's like, I, he's like, oh, what's he's, Slurpee? Like, Hopper's like, I hate you, Smirnoff, and like, oh, I hate him, he's terrible, or whatever, and he's like, you want that Slurpee? I get you a Slurpee, I get buddy. you a Slurpee. <laughs> yeah. You want Slurpee? Um, Joyce calls Karen from a payphone to check on Will, and they're like, oh, they're at the movies, which is just like a lie that Karen has been told, basically. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone believe anything their children say? <laughs> if my child, like, if my child said I'm at the mall, I'd be like, are you? Like, I'm not gonna track them, but like, are you? I'm going to have my child's location on their, on my phone. Mm-hmm. See, we didn't, but I also wasn't a child who, um, did anything. I yeah, just wanted to I never, home. I didn't lie. I didn't have any reason to lie. I'm going to create an environment where my child doesn't have to lie to me. Yeah. But I am going to see where their location is on their phone in case they get kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, I, it's uh, not yeah, that I don't trust yeah. my kid. It's that I don't trust other people. I use, I use find, like, the location, or, like, locate a friend, or what is it? Find a friend. Find, find my, my friend. friend. I use find a friend to, like, Find my friends. If I can FaceTime people. Yes! So, like, I'll go on there to see, like, okay, my mom's at home, so I can just FaceTime her instead of asking. Or, like, my sister's at home, so I'll just FaceTime instead of asking. Mm-hmm. That's what I use find a friend <laughs> for. I do that with my mom, but for some reason my find my friend thinks that our house is called Jim. Like, G- like G-Y-M. And I can't fix it. Mm. So just my mom lives at a gym now. (laughs) So Hopper takes this dude, Todd's, car because it's a police emergency. He says, this is one of the most dangerous men in the world. And they just this shot of Alexi being adorable with his little Slurpee. That Mm -hmm. actor hammed it right up. I just like, the director was like, hey, can you just be adorable? And he was like, not a problem. I got this. Done. And Todd's like, how do I get my car back? And he's like, oh, just like call the... Call the whatever. Um, so then Joyce walks up and he's like, ah, yes, Detective Byers. And Joyce is like, uh, not a problem. Yes and to this improvisation. Yeah. She, just the way she starts, like, putting her hand on her hip and mm-hmm. just, like, 
Yeah, I'm a cop as yeah, well. What, it's very ooh, good. Y'all, it's so funny. One of my favorite tropes is when two people are so obviously lying, but the character they're lying to is oblivious. Mm-hmm. Because neither of these people are good actors. No. And Todd's just like, I, well, okay, I guess you could have my car. Where do I get, how do I get it back, though? He, like, just, like, flashes his badge real quick and, like, yeah, he is a, pe- a police officer, but if that was me, I'd be like... I need your badge number, I need your name, I need the- I need to know exactly where to get my car back. Yeah. No, here's the thing, if a cop said I need your car, I'd be like, I'll hit you with it before I'd let you take it. Yeah. <laughs> get away from me. And so yeah, Joyce pretends to be the detective, Todd's like, how do I get my car back? And he's like, call the station. And he's like, which station? And he's like, bye, Todd! Todd's license plate says the Todd father, or it just says Todd father. Todd father. Um, and it is still Indiana. Like I said, Todd, you just, you did not try hard enough to not get your car taken. It was, it was very shady. Why are you victim blaming Todd? He put in absolutely no work. Yeah. He He literally was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But there is like something interesting to be said for the culture around here, which is that cops are very trustworthy. And if Mm -hmm. a cop says I'm taking this, like essentially, especially back then, like you would believe them and be like, okay, like I, where's my car going? But like. A cop has it. Yeah. But then he calls the actual cops after that. Uh, yeah, because, like, someone clearly stole his car. Yeah, it's like, but bro, like, you should should you not have seen that it was shady before he drove away? Listen, Todd is a beta. Yeah, that's true. Like, this man Todd is not has, an alpha. Yeah. Todd's a beta. So, Gregory is still following them. He finds the 7-Eleven, and Todd is there talking to the actual police. Not that Hopper isn't the actual police, but, like, He's, police that are actually, like, on duty. I gotta tell you, Hopper's not on the clock. Yeah, exactly. How is Gregory gaining on them so fast when he's walking so slow? Doesn't he have his motorcycle? No, he's just walking through the woods. I think right. because... Why wouldn't he have his bike, though? Mm-hmm. Did they, like, slash his tires or something? I don't think so. I think he drove, he probably drove to, like, the forest or whatever, like, drove up to wherever the... The car is? Yeah. But either way, we stopped seeing it. He buys some yummies from 7-Eleven, and he asks about what happened, and, uh, some guy stole Todd's car. <laughs> Todd. Um, and Gregory wants to know what else, because he's nosy, and, um, just starts, like, threatening Ricky for more information, and Ricky is terrified. I think Ricky's had a hard day. Poor I think Ricky, so, too. Honestly. So they make it to Murray, who I guess is in Illinois, and I'm like, did Nancy and Jonathan drive to Illinois last season? <laughs> Probably. I guess. But, like, in America, you can drive across states pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the states are pretty small. Yeah. It's not like when you drive across a province and you're like, okay, see you in 12 hours. Yeah. No, like, uh, I would regularly drive from Maryland to where I lived in North Carolina. Uh, it would take about six hours, and I would pass... I would be in three states in those. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Because I would be start in Maryland, go through Virginia, and end up in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, you could drive from North Carolina to Florida, and you're going through, like, four states, and it's, like, 10, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Do you guys really need that many states? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Are you sure? I think that people would be rude or without rude. them. All right. All right. Well. And they're already rude enough. All right. So, Murray asks them to identify themselves, and he's like... Uh, okay, well, you know us, um, and this is Alexi. And he's like, well, what's his last name? I don't know. What's his last name? I don't know. It's Smirnoff. And I don't know how to ask him either. Yeah. I, I, I have no information for you. And if I asked him, he probably wouldn't tell me. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Murray holds a gun to them and can understand his Russian, and he's like, anyway, hi, Jim. (laughs) And there are suddenly subtitles now, um, and... So on Lost, they always have subtitles for the Korean when Sun and Jin are having a conversation together. Um, like, 
we are in Sun's point of view, and Sun understands the Korean, so now we get to understand the Korean. Right. So we don't understand any of the Russian up till now because we're, like, in jo- Joyce's head or in Hopper's head, and so they don't understand the Russian. But as soon as Murray shows up and now they're having a conversation, we are in Murray's head or we're in Alexi's head, and we get to understand the Russian. Exactly. I like little details like that. Mm-hmm. So he invites them in, but he has to scan his little metal detector with them first, and Hopper's like, this is stupid. And Murray's like, I'm sorry, you're an inconvenience to me, so I'm going to do whatever I want, because you're inconveniencing me. I'm doing you a favor. He's also a deeply paranoid man. Yeah. So Joyce says that Murray is crazy, and Hopper says that Joyce is crazy, so she can't say that. (laughs) I mean, Joyce was (laughs) yelling at people about her magnets. I can't say Hopper's wrong here. I mean... Joyce is crazy, but in a different way than Murray is crazy. Like, Murray is certifiable. Joyce is just a goober. Yeah. That's correct. Like, Murray has cameras and a rifle and a metal detector that he probably made himself to scan the strange people that come into his home. And Joyce is worried about her son. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And also, like, the thing is, Murray's actually not crazy. Like, Murray's not wrong. Because he's right about everything. Mm -hmm. He's fully right. But, like, from a layman's perspective, he's a bit odd. Yeah. Um, So then Murray calls Joyce and Hopper's conversation a lover's quarrel. Thank you so much. Um, All right. Immediately. He came in. He came in. He knew exactly what job he had to do when he got here. I immediately really dislike Murray in season two. Yeah. And he comes in in season three and you're like, ugh, Murray again. And you're like, wait, now I like Murray? Yeah. Well, because he's not encouraging underage kids to have sex with each other. Exactly. He's like doing the exact same thing, but instead it's with two consenting adults. Yeah. And so now it's funny and cute. Before it was not funny and cute. Before it was extremely creepy and cringe, but now it's like, they do want to kiss. You're absolutely right. Please read them to filth. We've yeah. been waiting. And they're like, oh my god, what? We are not lovers. Ugh. And I'm like, what? What? I'm like, whatever, you guys. Murray sees all. I don't even stare at her lips like that. God. <laughs> and her hair doesn't smell like sunshine somehow, even though we've been hiking for <laughs> two days. <laughs> so now Murray's getting yelled at by a mom, um, which is visceral. Um, terrifying. And she's like, we had a long and bad day just to bring him to you because you speak Russian. So... Don't yell at me. Ask him about my freaking magnets. And I also like that she she says please. She still uses her manners. She will she even was in raised, moments right? like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Jopper. Oh, I kind of forgot that. It's right at the end. Yeah, that's the All end. Right. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the last storyline, we're going to talk about Patreon. What's that? So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, we have a a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theafficionados. And um, it's a monthly donation. Uh, We have a whole bunch of perks. What are some of the perks? Uh, At the $1 level, you get early access to all five of our podcasts. So that's the that's the easiest one. Like, can you believe it? Level one is such a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Level two or for $2 is that we have a discord server specifically for our um, patrons over $2. Five dollars, you get ten percent off at shoppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany um, sell some really cool fandom stuff, and um, just like Brittany makes like actual art, so it's like pretty. I make cool. pins. Uh, at the ten dollar level, we have a Patreon only podcast, which you may have seen a preview of uh, recently on this feed, and uh, yeah, if you get any of them, you also get the ones underneath it. So I think that ten dollars a month is totally worth two podcast episodes. 10% off uh, at shoppylux.com, 
a Discord server, and early access to all of our podcasts. That's I true. don't know. I just feel like that's totally worth it. That's so but true, Bestie. I personally think we're neat. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. we're alright. Uh, if you can't help us out on Patreon, like I said, check out ShoppyLuffs.com. That's a really cool way that you can support us while also getting something cool. Um, and if you can't do either of those, uh, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate it. This is our least popular podcast, and we think that it's really a really good podcast. So if you like it, um, let people know about it, um, and check out our other podcasts, which we are going to talk about in the outro. You can recommend us to a friend, even if that friend is you. If this is the only one you listen to, maybe check out some of our other ones. We would really um, appreciate and love that. All right, so lastly is the kids slash Jancy storyline. Yes, and um, only there's one person left to do a summary today. I think it's me. Okay. You know what's weird is I know quite a few things happen in the storyline, but I feel like nothing happens in the storyline. I know that's not true, but in my head, <laughs> that's, what, that's true. Well, Nancy and Johnson kill two people. Yeah, but... Okay, it's casual. So, Jonathan is sleeping, and then a phone rings and wakes him up, and he's a total ass about it. Anyway, it's Nancy calling him, and she needs to talk to Will, but lo and behold, Jonathan has no idea where Will is. So, Eleven and the gang are spying on Hopper and discover that they're headed to Illinois. Max patches Eleven up after her little trip to the Upside Down, or the... What do we call it? Inside Out. Inside Out. Mike and Will figure out that they have to defeat the Mind Flayer, which is the big boss. Nancy and John Nancy. Nancy and Jonathan <laughs> shut up. Nancy. 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 <laughs> Nancy and Jonathan crash their brainstorming sesh, and all of them figure out how many people have been flayed, including Billy and Heather. They head to Heather's house and discover all the evidence of her parents being flayed, but they need to find them, so they decide to head for Mrs. Driscoll. They go to the hospital, but only Nancy and Jonathan are allowed to see her. That's super convenient. They make up from their fight where Ellen might kind of bond over vending machines. I don't know. I don't like it either. Nancy and Jonathan don't find Mrs. Driscoll, but they do find Tom. He's been flayed and he is not being super chill. He attacks and chases them through the hospital and I guess no one hears this at all. There's also so many dead people up there. They run into Bruce who has also been flayed and he and Tom beat the crap out of Jonathan. I'm not upset, but I'm a bad person. Don't worry, Nancy and Jonathan straight up murder them both. Couple goals. Their bodies turn into goo and form one giant monster. So that's bad, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, someone calls the buyer's house at like... 5.48 in the morning, and no one else is home to answer it, so it has to be Jonathan. Um, I would immediately be so scared, like, where's my mom? If someone calls that early, it's bad news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, where is my mom? My mom should answer the phone. That's her <laughs> mom job. So it stops, and then it starts again because it's Nancy. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I mean, Nancy, and I'd be like, you're making, I'm using a pay phone. You're making me pay twice? To call <laughs> my mom, right? <laughs> Um, so Jonathan says that he has a late night with uh, with Fagan and the gang. And the first time I watched this, I did not get it. But now I get it. It's because um, Fagan is a character from Oliver Twist. And Nancy called him Oliver Twist last episode. Ooh. Devastating. Yeah, it's so a, he was definitely uh, sitting on that one. He thought about that one ahead of time. Hilarious roast. Uh, also, do you want to tell our listeners how you learned that Fagan sure. is a, uh, I was like, Oliver Twist character? It. Sure. So, um... She's putting her stuff aside for this. I'm scared. On Riverdale, I want to say season four, right? Season four, right? Yeah. 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 There's this guy named Dodger. (laughs) Bad guy, right? Going against against Archie. We don't like him. My first thought is, haha, Dodger from Oliver and Company. Yeah. Why should I worry? That's how I know. That's that's the Dodger that I know. I mean, you're pretty close. And... Dodger has brothers named Fagin and 
something else. I can't remember. Either we're, way. We're good at this. One of his brothers is named Fagin. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Doesn't Google it for some reason. Then, since that guy's name is Dodger, we were like, you know what we should watch? Oliver and Company. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, of course. So we'll watch Oliver and Company. So we watch Oliver and Company, and I'm like, oh my god, there's a character named Fagin in here too. What? <laughs> These Riverdale characters must have been named after Oliver and Company characters. <laughs> must be. So then I start looking up Oliver, and we said this on the podcast, by the way. This is so stupid. I go on like wikipedia or whatever and i realize oliver and company is based off oliver twist so i'm like oh that's interesting click on oliver twist no no all of these characters are from oliver twist yeah. <laughs> not from oliver and company yeah riverdale was was referencing oliver twist and that makes sense because it was written by charles dickens and dodger and fagin's last name was dickinson <laughs> so probably should have put that together ahead of time but didn't. I think one of our listeners was even like, hey guys. No. No? No, I put that together. Okay. Which was even more embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Because no, like, no one else picked up on it either. Well, either that or they just like didn't tell me and let me sound stupid. <laughs> you know? That's funny. So, <laughs> so yeah. Listen, I, it sounds redundant, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You can't, you can't change it without moments like this. So that's why I get the joke when you said Fagin. I was like, oh, I'm not going to let this pass me by again. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> and I understand why Jonathan's upset because he didn't get to have a heart to heart with his mom to make him feel better. Oh, that's true. He just had to be sad. That's true. Okay, fine. So she says that she's at the hospital with Driscoll and yes, she is crazy and unhinged, but she also needs it. Like, yes, Driscoll is like crazy and unhinged, but... Nancy needs his help and she needs to talk to Will because she thinks it's the mind flare again. Um, mm -hmm. But he's not here. And basically Nancy's worried that Will is in trouble. And now Jonathan's worried that Will is in trouble. So we need to go find Will. How does Jonathan know that Will isn't there? He just woke up. Well, I assume that like neither of them came home that night. Yeah. Like last and, night. And that didn't at all concern Jonathan. I guess not. Jonathan is a man of like two brain cells. Yeah. I also think that he's very, like, he not necessarily all the time, but, like, at least that night in particular is, like, very, like, self-enclosed Exactly. As well. Like, I think it was mostly, like, about how he was feeling that well, night. Well, he didn't, he, in season one, it's because he's, like, working extra shifts or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when Will initially goes missing, it, he doesn't, like, realize it because he wasn't paying attention to Will. Yeah. And also... Not to defend Jonathan. Please feel free to je defend Jonathan. But it's summer, and yeah. I'm imagining that Will sleeps over at the other's house. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, fine. Yeah. So, at the Wheeler house, Eleven is spying on Hopper, and like I said earlier, they, they really need him, but he's far away, so they straight up just don't really have his help this season. He's, he's busy living out his rom-com fantasy, okay? Yeah, he's with Will's mom, and Will's like, he's with my mom! <laughs> Like, what? Did you guys not pick up on all the tension? Right. So they're going to Illinois, but Eleven doesn't know what that is, because she doesn't have- she didn't go to school. And Karen made breakfast. She says, okay, breakfast is ready. And Mike's like, not now, Mom. And I'm like, her saying, hey, breakfast is ready, kind of implies that you guys were like, hey, what's for breakfast, Mom? Yeah. You know? Y'all, if I talked to my mom the way that Mike talks to his mom, I would not be alive. 
My I mean, I talk to my mom like that now, but it's because we're both idiots. Mm. If I was a kid and I did that, mm-hmm. grounded. I was about to say, if Mike had done that and I was his mother, I would ground him. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like, you're never getting everyone, breakfast for me again. Everyone else can have breakfast now. You can sit in the corner <laughs> and have <laughs> it, like, when, <laughs> it, when it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone else can go out and play at the pool today, and you can sit here in your room. No, you can do the dishes. And do the dishes. Like, I always love Mike's classic scream at my mom from the basement. Oh, 100%. Like, so I love that. them. The, the, the watching it is great, and, like, the acting mm-hmm. is perfect, but my god, that kid is annoying. <laughs> if I was Karen, I would be so pissed. Like, I just made breakfast for all of you. There's, like, what, eight kids down six there? Six seven? down there, yeah. And you say, not now? Okay. It'll be cold, and Jail. I won't feel bad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, Max goes and cleans up Eleven's face for her because she was like bleeding from her nose and I am cry. I think they are so they're so sweet. They're just like such good friends and I love that. She like Max is just so mm-hmm. who Eleven needed. Yeah. And Eleven's neck still hurts where Billy grabbed her and she says it hurts while she talks. And they're like, well Mike talks all the time so it's a good thing it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> he does run his mouth a lot. So then they transition over to Mike just not shutting up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great transition. And Mike's like, he's constantly around. He doesn't leave me alone. And now he's not. He's like hiking to Illinois with Will, with Will's mom. It's not about you, dummy. <laughs> right. It's not. It has nothing to do with you, yeah. you weirdo. So Luke's like. Also, he wants to smooch Will's mom. It's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucas says that, it, you know what? This doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He's not available to us. So we need to move on and figure out what yeah. we're going to do. They want to burn Billy and get the mind flare out of him, just like they did with Will. But they realized that, like, last time he came back. So, like, what? We can't win? We have to do something different this time. Yeah, they have to actually figure out how to beat the big bad. They can't just cut, keep cutting the head off the snake. So they want to ask Eleven, but she's still in the bathroom with Max. And they're like... And Lucas is like, I don't know, girls just, like, like hanging out in bathrooms. Yeah, and? Here's the thing. If men haven't figured out why, it's because you're not there. <laughs> Like, when we go to the bathrooms as a group, it's our chance to take a freaking break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can just, like, talk and hang out. Mm-hmm. And no yeah, one's- Sometimes- No one's hitting on us. No one's bothering sometimes us. Sometimes there's a couch. Yeah. Oh, I love when there's really a couch. Nice yeah. The couch is called couches, so you can just take a freaking break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, from your eating dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but the well, point is- Well, straight women have to get away from men. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just sit there, because it's nice. <laughs> I love a good sit, you know? And, like, if, you, if you're there with a big group of people, you know, one you day again when that's allowed. Like, decompress. Yeah, you just, like, and you, and you take turns using the stalls and everyone's just, like, relax. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, all of our anti-men things that we keep <laughs> saying this episode, if you're listening to this podcast, not you. Yeah, <laughs> no, not you. Um, and that's not me trying to, like, save face or anything. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're a lovely person and you can stay. If, yeah. It's the royal we of men. If they're mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, they know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like, I'm just like, please know that if we are talking about taking a break, it's because it's emotionally exhausting to be mm-hmm. a woman and constantly be hounded. Exist in male spaces. It's, yeah. it's exhausting. So we're like, oh, they're probably conspiring against me in the bathroom. I guarantee I am absolutely conspiring about, against people in the bathroom. I fully yes. am. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh, sure. Correct. And they're like, oh, is that... Is that really what you're worried about? And he's like, yeah, kind of. And Will basically just being, is like, dude, you guys broke up. It's over. It's done. And Mike's like, no, we're on a break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ross. Ross. And Will's like, I was there. She said, 
And I quote, I dump your ass. <laughs> there was no conversation of breaks. I've been with you since. I come across a lot of fan cams. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other day I came across one that was Max and Will. And it was like, specific, they specific, like as friends. Mm-hmm. And they had this specific moment where he he's like, she dumped you. And then Max from the bathroom, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they I, would be good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Bisexual and... Ace. Yeah. Uh, yes. Solidarity. Solidarity. That's our house. I, yeah. I love, um, like, the Mike and Will ship of it all that he's like, it's over. Oh no. Boo. Oh. Stop talking about it now. <laughs> it's done. Sucks to be you. <laughs> but yeah, they can fully hear them in the bathroom. And, um, there's a knock on the door again. And Mike's like, mom, leave us alone. I'm like, you're never getting pancakes again, you piece of crap. <laughs> but it's Nancy and Jonathan. I hope Nancy and Jonathan ate breakfast before they knocked on the door. Mm-hmm. I bet you they walked in and they were offered breakfast. Offered because fresh mm-hmm. pancakes, yep. eggs, bacon, sausage. You know Karen lays out a whole spread. I it's just, Karen. I don't want to think about Karen, like, saran wrapping her, like, hot pancakes because and just putting them back in the fridge. Oh, she absolutely no didn't. no one cares. No, she absolutely didn't. Those kids went upstairs and ate it. There's yeah. no way they're not eating. Yeah. No, I don't think they did. No, I think they ate it. You think? Because yeah. they're like, we have to go see Doris immediately. Or, like, we have to go to the hospital. Or, not and the hospital, like, but, like, they go to, like, Heather's the house. What accent was that? <laughs> <The> hospital. <laughs> Is that what I have? Is that what yeah. oh. We got a guy in the hospital. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm tired. I didn't hear myself say that. I don't know. That's me when you guys look at me funny when I say homicide. Yeah. Because that's not how it's pronounced. It's homicide. They're the same word. It's not. They're the same word. It's a hot, not a hole. Homicide. Anyway, homicide is when two gays, when a gay kills a gay. Gay on gay crime. <laughs> gay on gay crime is just sending you to other fan cams of your simp, like, person. Gay on gay crime, crime is me and Brittany roasting each other. That is a gay on gay crime. <laughs> I don't think that they ate that breakfast because they're literally like, quick, we have to go because, oh my god, Tom, oh my god, Heather, or whatever. And then they just, like, leave and they're, like, in such a hurry that they knock over those bikes. Okay, well, I like to think they Max, at the very least, politely grabbed a pancake and a piece of bacon and said, thank you, Miss Wheeler. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, Max and Lucas. Yes. The other one, Lucas Lucas has very good manners. Yeah. Max and Lucas, 100%, grabbed a piece, on their way out, said thank you. The others, garbage. (laughs) I feel like Will might have, like, taken one thing and was, like, sheepishly just, like, bowed his head. (laughs) Karen, like, walks them, go up, is counting them, Mm -hmm. and they're like... Who's the, who's the extra? Has she ever seen Eleven? Yeah. Oh, alright. Hasn't she? I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, by now. I mean, she, he's, uh, before the, before this, Mike. Yeah. before this summer, absolutely not, but, like, at this point in summer. Plus, she, like, knew that she was the girl who was, like, living in her basement in season mm. one. Oh, right. So, anyway, Nancy says that the same thing with Will happened to Doris, and she was there, it was, like, the black veins thing, and Mike puts together that the Billy thing happened at the exact same time as the Doris thing. Mm-hmm. Which is um, very smart. And Jonathan is, like, acting like, I can't, and Jonathan straight up wasn't there, like, he got, he got a night's sleep, and I respect him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone else is like, oh, yeah, that was scary at, like, this exact time, and Jonathan was like, I was watching Seinfeld, and I <laughs> <laughs> Was Seinfeld on? I don't know. Was Seinfeld was not on yet. <laughs> oh, what was Joyce watching? Cheers. He was Cheers. watching. Cheers. He was watching Cheers. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. No. 
And so now everyone knows that Nancy and Jonathan are on the outs now because they were like, why weren't Nancy and Jonathan hanging out? Mike explains that they call these people the flayed because they are being flayed by the mind flayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eleven understands that Heather is now one of them and talks about how she was screaming in a bad way. And they're like, well, what's screaming in a good way? And Max is like, we're not talking about this right now. Oh my we're God. Right now. Like Nancy and Jonathan are like, we could explain this, but we don't want to. <laughs> not that they know exactly what they're talking about, but... Yeah, so Nancy knows who Heather is and knows that she's Tom's daughter. Um, so maybe Tom is one of the flay. That's why he was so weird yesterday. And yeah, so they put all, basically they put all that. They're all very smart. Yeah. So they all hop into Jonathan's car and Mike <laughs> and Will have to sit in the back back. And Mike is mad and Will's like, welcome to my world or whatever. And I'm like, that's that makes forbidden me so, fruit. I know, but it makes me so sad that Will's like, I'm always the like last thought of and I get crappy, the, like whatever is the last dregs of anything always. And I'm like, man, somebody get this kid something good. Somebody get this kid some uh, better friends. Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy runs into everyone's bikes and I'm like, those are expensive probably. Uh, yeah, and then my next note was, did they ever eat the breakfast that Karen made for them? We've already talked about <laughs> We're that. We're really stuck on this breakfast thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the principle of respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they go back to the Holloway home. No one answers the doorbell, so it's time to break and enter again. Why not? Uh, everyone's been already has broken and entered once already this episode. Or this, uh, this season. <laughs> the place is a mess. It's super cold, and they smell a whole lot of chemicals. They've been, like, eating cleaning supplies. There's this messed up counter. And they're like, well, Will didn't have to eat chemicals last year, so, like, things are changing. Things are evolving. Will um, just ingesting bleach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will just, like, sip, sip, <laughs> like a little Capri Sun. Mike remembers something that Mr. Clark taught them, and... Even though Mr. Clark isn't really around this season, he continues to be incredibly important, which reminds us how special and important teachers are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I love that. Even though Mr. Clark isn't super around because they're not in school right now, he still continues to be in the background because of how important it was that he taught them all mm -hmm, of these things. Exactly. He gave them a love of science. So they're like, maybe they're eating it or maybe they're making something. Because if you're like a human person, you're dead if you're <laughs> doing this. Dinner from that night that Eleven and Max came over is still on the table. They find Tom's blood on the carpet and she remembers his band-aid on his head. Um, and they find like what he was bludgeoned with as well. Yeah. Um, they follow, the of wine. Yeah. So they follow the blood. They found that they were most likely tied up in the garage. And this is what they assume. And it's kind of confirmed for us through like some short flashbacks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they remember that Mrs. Driscoll wanted to go somewhere. So they need to like figure out where the source is. And Will, in a genius move, is like, why don't we just let her go and just like follow her? It's so smart. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of this is just kind of them putting things together that we kind of already know. Yeah, to be honest. Um, so see what I meant? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So they get to the hospital, and the nurse from last episode is gossiping on the phone. Um, Nancy hopes that they can just kind of like go by, but she stops them, and she's like. Oh, I'm just visiting my grandma again, and this is my family. And everyone fits in except for Lucas, who's the only one that's unbelievable. And he's like, <laughs> extended family. <laughs> <laughs> and even if she believed you, you're only allowed to have two visitors at a time. Yeah. And also so. she's like, I don't care how you're related. You just can't all go. Get out of my he's way. There's a limit. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, in my brain, this show is diverse, but it's not. No, it's no. not. It's super not. I don't know. It just feels like shows that were made so recently should be better. Yes. Yeah. In that in that regard. Like mm -hmm. I can't 
I genuinely have not been paying that much attention to the new casting for season four or anything, but I think there's like such a big like it's made by Netflix. Yeah. You you can you can get people. I don't like the excuse that oh it's the eighties. No, it's Indiana. No no. There were people of color in the eighties. It's a show with monsters. Shut up. Yeah. There were people of color in the eighties. They've been here. Yeah. (laughs) It's the beginning they they originated humans. (laughs) Is it not quite literally Lucas's family? Period. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Like, you no, brought in it. Robin And, like, the, the other guy on the police force. Oh, yeah, Powell. But, but like, Robin didn't it. have to be white. I think that yeah. Maya Hawk is awesome, but if you're going to bring in new characters, Hi. God, you need some diversity in mm-hmm. here. Honestly, they could have had a, a black lesbian play. For mm-hmm. sure. Robin. Mm-hmm. Or a Latina lesbian. Yeah. Would love to have seen it. Yeah. Like I said, I have not been paying that much attention to the new casting mm-hmm. for Stranger Things 4, but I remember there are at least, like, several white people in there, and I'm like, at this point, you have so little people of color that every single person you cast from here on out should be a person of color. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's a choice that they're making. Yeah. They're making that choice. So, yeah, there's only two visitors at a time, so they choose Nancy and Jonathan as the two, um, and then they have this awkward elevator ride because they're a couple that just broke up. Um, <laughs> Nancy says that she didn't mean what she said yesterday, and she does not think that he's actually like those guys, um, which he isn't. He just says stupid things. He sometimes. says stupid things and doesn't really understand, but he's not malicious like those dudes because those dudes are actively Evil. trying to be bad. Yeah. Mean. Um, and then Jonathan also apologizes, saying he was wrong and that there was something going on with Driscoll. He should have believed her. Um, and she's like, okay, don't doubt me anymore. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, yay. At least they are back together. Meh. I'm happy for them because I don't want them to be sad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> me and ask, I don't care. <laughs> I just think they do their best work when they're together, to be honest. And we yeah. need their best work right now. I like, I like their friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't care for their romantic mm-hmm. relationship. But I like when they're on good terms with each other. Yeah. So back downstairs in like the lobby of the hall of the hospital, Mike tries to get a Kit Kat from the vending machine, but it gets caught. And uh, Eleven bumps it so they get like just so much candy. I love that. And Lucas sees that as her reaching out so they can get back together. And Mike has no idea what he's talking about. He's completely oblivious about this. <laughs> Lucas, your friend is a child. He does not know what's going on. Mike Lucas has been through so many breakups that he's like, dude... <laughs> Hello, this, this is, is a it. signal. It's happening. It's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was it, man. Sorry. <laughs> so Lucas is going to go go and distract Mac so that Mike can talk to Eleven. And then back upstairs, Nancy and Jonathan find some, like, papers on the ground. There's a camera that's watching them. The flowers that Nancy brought are, like, knocked over and Driscoll is gone. Hmm. Wonder where she could be. <laughs> Well, Tom is here, and then the lights go crazy, and Tom has, like, blood all over his hands and shirt, and he says, she's gone home. Does that mean she's dead, or did he eat her? I think it means that he killed her, but I don't know why. Or she went back to the rats. Or she uh, became a sludge monster. I think it means she became a part of the sludge monster, and and the sludge monster is home to them because they've been flayed. Do they have to be killed before turning into sludge? I think so, yes. So that's, I think, why he killed her then, is that she was doing no good for them in, like, in the, the hospital. hospital, in that yeah. body or whatever, and so he killed her so that she would turn mm-hmm. into sludge and be, that's like, so useful. sad. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. She didn't ask for this. No. What the heck? She just caught a crazy rat in her basement. Exactly. She's just an old lady. She's just trying to live her life. 
So Nancy tries to like get through to the real Tom, but I'm like, you do not have that type of relationship with him. You know, like maybe it would work if you guys were like actually friends, but you're not. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like how like how Max is able to get through to the real Billy through the flaying or whatever. Yeah. But Nancy is not that person. To no. Tom. No. So Jonathan hits him with the vase, and then we learn that Bruce is also here, and his head hurts because he Tom was hit with the vase. Right. So they have the same injuries. I thought it was a fire extinguisher. I think it's a fire extinguisher later. Oh, okay. But it starts with a vase. Love right. A lovely vase injury. Applause. Um, and then they start running down the stairs. But downstairs, the kids are just hanging out. Um, Max is, like, catching candy in her mouth, and then Mike makes Will go away so he can talk to Eleven. <sighs> Poor like, Will. It's so sad. Like, Will is now stuck again as the fifth wheel. Yep. And Dustin isn't here, and he's just, like, it's just sad. Yeah, it really is. I feel is. really bad. Will the way is they, really sad. The like. way they leave him out is um, upsetting. And, like, you can totally be fulfilled just being by yourself and not being in a couple. Yeah. But they you, actively but, exclude him. But, yeah, exactly. You still need to have, like, relationships with, like, your friends and everything. Like, you yeah. still need somebody to, like, love you. It could be, like, a whole group of people of people who love you as, as a friend and who are, like, important to you mm-hmm. and, and you're important to them. And then you can still be totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. But they have to show you that. But they and are none actively of them mean. Do. But yeah. they're actively mean to him. He does not deserve this. Yeah. Like Lucas is like, I'll take care of Max. Who's gonna take care of Will? Exactly. Will's just gonna walk off by himself again. And Mike like gives him a look and he's like, Guess I'll go. Like Will Anyway, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, but I'm just sad about Will. I think he deserves better. I feel really bad for Will. So Mike says, Does your species like Eminem? And you know what? For an idiot, that's a good line. That's a really yeah. good line. Fine, you can stay. It was very funny. And he says that he likes her new look, which is really cute. And she seems really happy with that sort of interaction. Yeah. Now for... It's a peace offering. Terrifying things. (laughs) These scenes at the end of this storyline and this episode are actually terrifying. Yes. They are straight up horror movies. Yeah. So anyway, Nancy and Jonathan are running for their actual lives upstairs. And there are like hospital workers and patients on the ground dead Are there any, like, actual consequences for this? I don't think so. There are, like, a lot of people who've died. Like, normal people. You know, like, last season, all of the people who who worked in the lab... You know, like, a bunch of people who worked in the lab died, mm-hmm. and, like, they were in a lab. They're from the government, you know? Like, that's just how it is. But, like, this is a hospital filled with, like, actual people of Hawkins. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are, like, this this woman who's just, like, a patient who was just walking around in her hospital gown, and I'm like, where's her family? Are they gonna be upset about this? I mean, yes, they are gonna be upset about this, but, like, where is that? You know? Exactly. Like, what? where's the consequences for the people who died here? Wait, multiple? Do other people, like get killed by the monster on the way out? We don't there's see anybody get killed, floor. but there's dead bodies everywhere. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I noticed that. Yeah, there's watching. dead bodies. So they get to the office. I hate it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hello? So they get to an operating room and they try to use the red phone, but the nurse is still on the phone. Ma'am, the way you should be fired. Like, what if this... <laughs> What if this was an actual medical emergency? Like, I understand that she knows that, like, nobody is operating right now or whatever either, you know? But, like, you still need to be ready for that sort of thing. Exactly. That's hysterical. You can't be using the the phones like that. So, Bruce breaks through the window and unlocks the door, and Jonathan tries to protect himself and Nancy, but he's, like, just straight up no match for the Mind Flayer. Um, and he straight up gets thrown into the wall, and he gets hit with a stool. How does (laughs) he not have a concussion? That looks like it hurts. I feel, it, it makes me so 
sad. Listen, I'm also not the biggest Jonathan fan, but, like, seeing him get so hurt like that was, like, upsetting. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. Especially, like, if I'm standing there from Nancy's perspective, like, that's the man that she loves, I guess, you know? Yeah, and she's Mm -hmm. watching him be injured. Yeah, and, like, if I was her and I saw somebody do that, I'd be like, he's dead now. Yeah. Like, that's how bad the injury was, you know what I mean? violent. So Nancy stabs him with surgery scissors and tries to run, and Jonathan says to leave him, which is a hero's move, and I love him for that. I do respect that. Because they're here for specifically Nancy for some reason. Do we know why that is, other than the fact that Tom and Bruce have this, like, vendetta against her because she's a woman? Like, is it it about- she's figured out everything. But so, but Jonathan also has all the information that she has, you know? Like, is it because Tom and Bruce have, like, is it, is it because them as humans have this thing against Nancy? Probably. I wonder, I wonder if that plays a part into it, because logically you would think that the monster would want Jonathan because he's closer to Will. Right. And Will is, like, the enemy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, right? Yeah. So that makes me think that it's something about, like, actual Tom and Bruce. So Nancy continues to, like, call for help, but no one answers. What an absolute nightmare. Yeah. yeah. To be, like, calling out for help because you're terrified for your actual life and mm-hmm. everyone around you is dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, but, like, how does no one hear this? They're all dead. But, like, on the other floors, you would hear that. I, well, I think they're, like, several floors up. No, oh, right. Because they had to take the elevator. <sighs> Fine. So Jonathan gets himself up, but he gets stopped by Tom. My next question is, why are you hurting them instead of, like, turning them into flayed? Is that, like... Exactly! Like, it's because, like, before you yeah. can... Before you can turn them, because you have to take them to, the, like, the steelworks place, right? Well, yeah, so, so you gotta he, knock them out. They're you trying to incapacitate them yeah. to take them there. Okay. Yeah. But Bruce is... Until, the, until these three people that were already flayed at the hospital turn into the sludge monster, the only part of the sludge monster is at the steelworks. <laughs> right, sludge because monster. the people that they've turned into flayed haven't died yet, and so that, that sludge monster gets bigger as the people mm-hmm. who are flayed die. Yeah. So Bruce is just specifically looking for Nancy. Jonathan gets, like, basically knocked out by Tom and almost kills him with the scissors, but then Nancy hits Bruce with the fire extinguisher, which stops Tom. It's really cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I like how connected they are and how they, like, shoot the scene and, like, show each of them feeling the yeah. effects of the what happens to them. I will say, though, I noticed that Heather's dad mm-hmm. doesn't have um, a stab wound in the shoulder like the other guy, and yeah. uh, I think he should have. I think that if I were to make that make sense, and, like, that could have been, a, been like, an actual mistake, mm-hmm. but if I were to make that make sense... I wonder if it's like a like a like a pain thing rather than like an actual mm. wound thing. Like an yeah. like, like you actually get stabbed or do you just feel the stab, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um so Jonathan stabs Tom in the neck and Bruce is also down because of what Nancy's doing. And I know that they're flayed and everything, but I have to continue to just be really sad for Heather. Oh yeah. yeah. Because now her dad is like actually dead. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. actually heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like, her dad was a jerk, but it's still sad. So Nancy and Jonathan killed two people today. They sure did. And like I said, there are no consequences for anybody <laughs> actually dying. Listen. I mean, to be fair, uh, it, it was kill or be killed. For sure. Oh, for sure. Like, um, it, I, they, they, they get away with it. It was self-defense. <laughs> I just, like, there's one... It's one thing to, like, kill a Demogorgon, mm-hmm. and it's another... 
to like kill people that you've spent like several weeks or months with. I you feel know? like I feel like legally I understand why there are no consequences. Uh emotionally there should yeah. have been consequences because it is a lot to have just committed a murder exactly. of someone that you actually know. Yeah. And also, like, emotionally consequences for, like, the people who knew and loved these people. Mm -hmm. Where's Bruce's family? I don't care. (laughs) I mean, I don't care either, but, like, I just think it's realistic for people to be like, excuse me, I demand justice, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So downstairs, the lights finally start flickering, and, you know, all the couples seem to be back together. So once again, Will is alone. And um, upstairs, the dudes start, like, shaking and turning to mush, and then they leave. And I love this moment where the danger is momentarily gone. And so Jonathan and Nancy, I mean, I think they're following the sludge monster, but I also like, I really love that their first thought and the first thing that they're like compelled to do is to go and like check on the other person and make sure that other person is okay. Mm -hmm. And so they see each other from the, from the ends of the, from the opposite ends of the hall, which I, I like, I just love that for like, do I ship Nancy and Jonathan? Sometimes, sometimes, uh, but yeah. like not usually, but like sometimes, not um, actively, but when they do stuff like this, yes. yeah. But like, if, if you know, if this was any other ship that I shipped, I'd be like, this is the height of romance. Good <laughs> God, this scene where they look at, I'm like, oh, the fan cams, where are they? You know what I mean? So uh, I just have to point it out. I think it's, I think it's romantic. The cops are coming to arrest you for this take, right? Right. <laughs> so then the mush piles just join together and become a bigger mush pile, and then the lights go out, and I'm like. God, this is, this is terrifying. This is a straight up horror movie. Um, and then they become like a whole nother monster, basically. And it's horrifying. Yeah. Um, and that's the episode. We did it. We did it. Um, and now it's time for our segments. So my first segment is Good Guy Steve Alert. And uh, Good Guy Steve Alert, he fights that Russian guy to protect everyone else in the room. And Good Guy Steve Alert, he makes sure everyone else is under the door before himself. Oh, he does. He does. He's a good guy. It was he was very dedicated to hustling them out. Yeah, right. Which reminded me of the part in season two when he like makes sure that all the kids are up above, like out of the hole before Mm -hmm. he is. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. Mm -hmm. That's Steve. And my segment is how garbagey was Jonathan this episode. Like three. Mm-hmm. He did some good work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The only thing is he complained about getting up early, and to be fair to him, I also complain about <laughs> getting up early, so. Yeah. And uh, my segment is, did Joyce and Hopper acknowledge their obvious history? Several times. Yeah. Um, For just sure. over and over. Every time they bickered. Jonathan is better <laughs> than Snake Parents from Riverdale every single day. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. I, it's because um, Jopper actually gets a storyline. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Nancy and Lucas for... And and this... This is my family. Extended. <laughs> I just think that Caleb delivers that line so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well done. Yeah. And mine goes to Erica for... You're all so nerdy. It makes me physically ill. No, no, no. No, don't let me in with them. I'm not a nerd, all right? <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm not explaining it. That's hilarious. We were, it's because we were watching the episode and (laughs) Erica says that and Brittany cackles out loud. It was excellent. And my favorite line award goes to Hopper and also Alexi for that man in there. I know he doesn't look it, but he is one of the most dangerous men in the world. He's uh, murdered many children. (laughs) Like, it's just a baby. That one translates really well in gift form. Yeah. So that'll eventually be up. 
I, uh, I also have an honorable mention because I just thought it was so funny. My Align Award goes to Joyce for... Whoa. What? He's running. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Because Hopper's just sitting there, like, bickering in her face about some stupid thing that he should have let go at least six hours ago. And she's just like, well, uh... There goes your hostage, you big dumb idiot. Pay <laughs> attention to someone else but me. I like that we each chose ones from different story, from the different three storylines. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, we would really appreciate it. If you're a fan of the Hundred, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, Rob and I are currently covering season three, which was um like so- sort of good. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to listen <laughs> along with watching it, uh, we did four to seven as we watched, and now we're going back. So, yeah. 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 Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale, if you can believe it. You're um, welcome. Yeah, and those are as we watch, too. So listen for our jokes making fun of it and our crackpot theories. A lot of people listen to it without even watching the show, so that's also available. I too. support you <laughs> if you choose to do that. If you're a fan of Lost, we talk about that show. Um, we did season one, two, and we are in the middle of season three. We have guests over there, and it is spoiler-free um, until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us, I could not recommend it more. And it's on Disney Plus now, at least in Canada. So um, definitely check it out. This is Gorzies. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that whole franchise. We covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard. We just got the season two trailer today. Woo! So um, that we got our lives uh, from that. And we're going to be covering season two. When it eventually comes out, the trailer said 2022. That's what I expected. Do I wish it was 2021? Yes. <laughs> you can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, uh, pretty much everywhere. But mostly Twitter. Robin Desnick gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So if you like any of our favorite line awards and you want to save a gift, go check it out. Uh, our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. Uh, if you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really expensive. We have lots and lots of really cool perks on there, including our Patreon-only podcast. Um, the first five episodes are out to the public. Um, all five of them are now available on each of our five feeds. So um, uh, those are freezies, and you should go and check them out. <laughs> and then if you're like, hey, I like this, then <laughs> you can go pop. and check it out. <laughs> Did you call them ice pops? Well, it's freezy, and then I was like, other people don't understand that. I better say ice pop. Do you call them ice pops? Icies. Icies. Isn't that the Slurpee? Well, yeah, but also, it's an also an icy. Ice pop makes me feel like it's a popsicle. But I, I guess mean, it kind of is. Freezies are popsicles. It's a popsicle with, with no stick. stick. Needs a stick to be called a pop. I just decided. <laughs> <laughs> It's the sickle part of it, of course. It's the princess sickle. <laughs> what? I tried to make it principal. Principal. Yeah, principal of the thing. You can follow. You can follow me personally at Robin E Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y. Pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S A M C A S U I S. Uh, our next episode is episode 306. It is E Pluribus Unum. Do I remember what that means in Latin? No. Okay, go ahead. It's on money. What? It's on our money. What does it say? I don't remember. We'll let you know at the beginning of next episode. It's somewhere deep in my brain. I know what it is. I I I gotta tell you when it comes out and then Sam will tell you what it means. 
anyway, the episode comes out on August 11th to the public, um, but you can have it on August 4th if you join our Patreon, and uh, that is only at the $1 level that you have to join to get early access, so. Honestly, I should have, um, I should have known this. I should have also just been able to deduce it. It's out of many one, and it's the U.S. motto. Oh. I knew it was on our money, but. Okay. To be fair, your motto's in Latin, man. So out of many one is about all the flayed coming together, I assume. There you go. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And also it's the 4th of July. (laughs) So. Oh, because, yeah. Because because it's America. America Day. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.